You are listening to The Social Hotelier Show, a podcast that inspires hoteliers to create meaningful and memorable experiences for their customers in pursuit of their passion. We share our views and experiences relating to hospitality, technological trends, and also relating to humanity. Here is your host, Sam Eric Rutman. Hi, and welcome to the Hospitality Insight. In this episode, I have a very interesting discussion with uh, Jana Kaiser about evolution of sauna. So Jana, uh, welcome to this episode of Hospitality Insight. Thank you, Sam Eric. Well, uh, let's get started. Can you maybe share a little bit about yourself and your background, which has led to you to be an architect as you are today, and also you uh, share the experience about your interest into saunas? Yeah, absolutely. So I my path for architecture basically started very early on. I was 11 years old when my mom asked me, don't you want to become a musician? And I was like, no, I want to become an architect. I knew quite early on that that was my goal uh, education that I wanted to aim for. And um, it was a little bit hard because uh, I was born and raised in Germany, but my parents and I, we immigrated to Canada when I was 14. So then I started a university uh, in Canada as well, but I didn't get into architecture school, but I got into a program for art history. And in this art history program, I was uh, able to travel in Europe and study art history. And I really saw the connection between architecture and art. Uh, And that eventually led me to do a master's in architecture in Canada, uh, which I was unfortunate to graduate in 2020 during the pandemic. (laughs) But nonetheless, uh, that's when I graduated. And I took the opportunity to come back to Europe because I was interested in Scandinavian architecture and design. And one of the reasons for that was because I also have a personal interest in saunas. That's terrific. So what makes uh, the Nordic architecture appealing to you? (laughs) What I like about Nordic architecture the most is that very often it's very simplistic forms, very simplistic structures, but they're very elegantly built. Uh, They're very thoughtful and every piece of the architecture becomes important. Um, And I think for me as a designer, um, form and function are quite important aspects. Um, And I think I see that in, in the Scandinavian architecture that if you have something very simplistic like a chair, it's a very well-made chair from very high-quality uh, materials that will last you generations. And that's a very different culture than uh, in North America, for example, where things have been built with a lot of concrete and glass and steel, um, but they're not very long-lasting. Uh, so it's, it's quite a pleasure to be in Finland uh, to be able to study uh, this kind of architecture. Even though Finland is not part of the Scandinavia, it's Nordics, I know that. <laughs> it's okay. We, 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 <laughs> we can loosely use the wording Scandinavia sometimes and then uh, argue behind the scenes, but are we really in the Scandinavia or not? But uh, <laughs> that's quite okay. But listen, the, the, the sauna and the sauna experience, uh, uh, what has led you to that, uh, uh, to the idea or, or something that you have already Were you brought up as when you were young that you went to sauna with your family and so on? No, actually not. Um, My parents are very advocate uh, sauna goers in in Germany. And in Germany, we have a very strong bathing culture. A lot of people are unaware of that. They they know of Finland and sauna, of course. But uh, Germany has a very rich and long 
history of uh, bathing cultures. Basically, it was introduced by the Romans, and these ba bathing houses and bathhouses uh, were forms of uh, healing and forms of uh, therapy places. So uh, for me personally, I didn't really get into sauna until much, much later. Basically, it was in 2020 when the pandemic was hitting uh and my parents um my mom saw that i was extremely stressed because i was writing my master thesis uh and i was having back problems from sitting on the computer every day and my mom kind of came to me and she was like why don't you come with me to the sauna maybe maybe the heat in the sauna can help you and that's what i did i went with my mom to the sauna and that for the very first time uh kind of opened up uh this the whole magical world of sauna in a way because I really saw the health benefits on my own body and uh, I noticed how my back pain went away how my muscles relaxed and how sauna not only in this case was uh, like very physical but also very spiritual and like for my mental health it was really very good um, and so that's when I started to get uh, into sauna going but uh, I took it a little bit further uh, and I actually started to study sauna. So, uh, what uh, what kind of studies did you do, and what are the things that you were specifically looking for? That you, uh, what were the questions you were asking yourself? What do you like to learn about the sauna? So, so a sauna is a very interesting architectural building um, because it has a lot of uh, a lot of aspects to it that are really really extremely important to know the functions of for example a proper sauna and we're talking about the sauna here in the terms of the finish uh, um, the finish example of a sauna which usually is a wooden uh, building that has uh, a either fire stove or electrical stove with stones and rocks where you can pr um, throw water on to create steam. The temperatures are usually between 80, 80 to 100 degrees. And that is the definition uh, that I, I believe was uh, created in the uh, late 1990s officially of what is sauna. Um, and so when you take this concept then of, of this building that has all these like aspects, you need to understand how is the aerodynamics of steam and how does the air flow in there because you can't completely shut it off. There has to be access to air. And so there's a lot of these like very intricate small details of um, what makes a sauna a very functioning sauna. Um, but then there's also another aspect, and this is where I guess like the architectural design kind of comes in. There's a lot of practicality, but the design aspect comes in when you talk about, well, okay, the, the sauna is a physical thing, it's one thing, but what about the mental health or the experience of it and how uh, can the sauna be part of um, a hospitality experience, for example? And now we're talking more about location and design. Um, in this case, uh, the design can now vary and be more explorative on Maybe it has a large window. Maybe it's a round shape. Maybe it's uh, it's located in the middle of the forest. Um, so now it's not just a sauna, but it's actually in a sauna in a in a unique location. And how do they work together? Yeah. So uh, for the now with the years that you have been trying different saunas, what would what would can you describe maybe one of the kind of saunas which is maybe uh, uh, sticks to your mind now that has been very unique. Uh, maybe an unlike location that you've ever thought that there could be a sauna. Maybe you can just tell, and I will share with you my experience. <laughs> For sure. Uh, I mean, I think the most 
fun sauna that I have been in uh, is here in Finland, and it's called Sompa Sauna. Sompa Sauna is uh, one of the very few public saunas in Helsinki. Um, Helsinki, uh, or Finland in general, um, has many, many saunas, but most of them are private. So people have them usually in their houses, in their homes, in their apartments, uh, or in swimming halls. So there aren't that many public saunas. But one of them is Sampa Sauna, and that is a concept that I think is really fun because it's a volunteer-based and organized and maintained uh, sauna that is built by local people. Uh, in this case, now they have uh, three different saunas with different heats, uh, and it's located right by the water site here in Helsinki, so you can take a hot bath in the sauna uh, and then jump into the cold water in the ocean. Um, and because it's made by volunteers, it has this very free-spirited kind of uh, attitude towards. So people come there to enjoy themselves. People come there to talk to each other, to bring their friends, to have a beer, uh, to have a good time together. So it's a very social place, um, but also the accessibility to it is is amazing because you don't have to pay. You can go there for free. You have to chop your own wood. You have to be engaged uh, to be to heat the sauna. Um, but then also you have the people that are really enthusiastic about it. Terrific. Now, um, the sauna experience I've had outside Finland was in in, uh, in Thailand, in uh, the city of Bangkok. Because um, uh, we used to live in Bangkok for, for a few years. And uh, I met a Finn whose name was Esko Payasalmi. And he had a PR company called Pres PR Esko, or Presco we called him. And uh, he had an office uh, just off the, the downtown of uh, or Bangkok, uh, in a high-rise off office building. And in, in this office building, in his office, in the back of that office, he had Im Im imported a, a, a sauna which was built in there. Now, can, if you imagine that you are, you, you are in, in Bangkok, there can be 36 degrees, up to 40 degrees at times, of high humidity, and you walk into his office, which is very uh, fully air-conditioned, but then, then he always invites for his guests to, to join his sauna, which we had, uh, I joined it for a few times. It was a great experience because it was very different. The, the challenge, of course, that the, the sauna itself was very good. I mean, he had all the, the inside of the sauna. You could really think that you are in, in Finland because the way he had, had it designed. And then when you come to the uh, shower room, of course, the thing that uh, we didn't have the luxury of having uh, ice cold water. So we had buckets of uh, water with ice. And that's how we, we cooled ourselves at the time, and uh, uh, I, will, I will never forget that uh, the time that when I tried the Finnish sauna in, in Bangkok uh, some years ago. <laughs> yeah, so that's a few years ago, as I said. But let's talk a little bit about the evolution uh, of sauna. As an architect, I'm sure you yeah. are interested in uh, what's happening with the sauna from the traditional. So I think we have a few pictures here for. Uh, so you can share absolutely. and maybe you can comment on them. Yeah, absolutely. So these are saunas that have been designed by an architecture office uh, in Helsinki called Studio Puisto. Uh, this is the company I'm working for currently. And uh, these saunas, um, I guess, in the, in the terms of design, like they're, they're, they're taking the next step. Because uh, in the picture that you see here, for example, you see that the windows opening on the higher level for the viewer when they're sitting in their sauna, uh, that they can actually look out into the nature. And so 
one very important aspect of the sauna design for Studio Puesto is to have the hospitality experience, the experience of uh, being close to nature, coming there with a purpose and having the well-being aspect uh, of the sauna. And then this is another example where this is where we're talking about the Scandinavian or Nordic design where you take these very raw materials of wood, um, but they're crafted so beautifully together to be, uh, to be put together. So in, in a sense, you have this um, certain roughness that is very natural uh, in this location, uh, but also very deliberate design of where it's being put, how the wood is treated, and how it's being used. So I believe that this image here is showing um, the, the, the change room. And yeah, and then this is an example. Um, it's called uh, the um, uh, space of mind. Uh, and this, the images that you see here are actually from an exhibition that was uh, here in Finland um, at the Fiskars village. Uh, so this was the exhibition called uh, The House of an Architect. And so multiple architecture firms were participating in this. And so this, the space of mind sauna that you see here is a very, very small 10 square meter. I think it's even less than 10 square meter, 9.9 .9 or something like that. Uh, and the idea with this is that this, because it's so small and so compact, you can actually bring it anywhere in the world as long as you can have a very small footprint uh, footing. Um, so we have a location of where this particular example is right on the cliff uh, here in Finland on a rock and it's overviewing like a beautiful forest. And so this is where now a sauna becomes not just a healing place, but it becomes an experience. And so this, the design is being uh, pushed towards that uh, to go and to have access to these uh, very remote locations and still enjoying sauna. Yeah, and then this example here again, like I think the importance of water is so important um, because you do want to have this exchange of uh, heating up in the sauna, of course, and then cooling off. Uh, and so access to water and views to water are extremely important for your mental health and your well-being. And this is a great example where you have a direct access to a dock where you can jump into the water directly. Well, terrific. We got some uh, glimpses of here of different styles and uh, uh, it's quite fascinating what can be done in terms of uh, architecture or design to create a very interesting experience from the very traditional that we have been used to in our time. Uh, so. Uh, Great. Now, uh, maybe we can now move over to um, Aufkus and you can share what, what is that? <laughs> because I really have no idea, no clue, because I, I only know that the, what the traditional sauna is about. Maybe, but to share that, what is it all about? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let me give you a little history on sauna and sauna culture. Of course, Finland is the biggest example uh, of sauna culture. Every uh, child and uh, adult grows up in a sauna here and the sauna is really the center point of uh, every family and community. In Finland, the sauna is the center point uh, where literally life starts because people uh, would give birth in sauna. It was, uh, it was the most sterile place of any place. Uh, and some people would even, uh, well, I guess you could say, uh, go to until their last dying death day into the sauna. So in Finland, the sauna tradition is extremely strong and integrated. 
but that doesn't mean that other uh, other uh, countries and other uh, civilizations didn't have other types of saunas. Uh, so sauna is a very, very broad uh, thing. Any culture basically that has some kind of cold winter would have some form of sauna. So in Russia, you have the banya, you have earth sauna, you have tent saunas in the indigenous communities in North America and in the Inuit. Uh, you have uh, in Southeast Asia, you have um, these almost like oven-like structures that are really, really heated. You probably experience them. Uh, and uh, so sauna uh, is quite faceted. There's many, many different ways of doing this. And one way that um, happened uh, in terms of the evolution of sauna, and this is like a very 20th century kind of phenomenon, is that Finnish soldiers were placed in Germany after Germany lost the war in the Second World War. And so many people were traumatized. And these Finnish soldiers brought the sauna culture from Finland to Germany. And eventually in the 50s and in the 60s, there was this very uh, large movement of well-being and mental health uh, exploration happening. So, so mental health... Um, doctors and researchers were looking into the benefits of the sauna. But I think a lot of people were struggling with the high temperatures. So what slowly started happening was, how can you make sauna more entertaining? Uh, and this is where we come to Aufguss. So Aufguss is the German word for putting steam on, or the Finnish word that is Löhlü, uh, which basically is the action of somebody putting water onto the hot rocks and creating steam. And the steam, of course, creates a heat in the sauna, and that's the effect of the sauna going. Um, Aufguss takes it to the next step. Now we don't just put steam on, but we also incorporate essential oils, music, light shows, and towel-waving techniques. <laughs> now, to Finnish people, this sounds very odd. This sounds very extreme in a way. Um, but what you get is a performance art. Basically, you have people that put together a, about 10, 10 to 12 minute show uh, to perform a, tri well, a traditional sauna or um, a, well, any sauna of their liking, for example, so a show sauna, a herbal sauna. There's all different kinds of variations. Um, and this is for the enjoyment of the viewer. Now you don't have a like a private person that just comes to the sauna as an individual, but you actually have somebody that comes to see a performance. Uh, and so Aufguss culture in Germany now means that if you go to a thermal bath or a spa, uh, they usually have a schedule. And on the schedule, maybe every hour or half an hour, they will have a professional who is trained in this come into the sauna and make one of these performances. And again, these performances are about 10 minutes long with usually a theme, and sometimes they incorporate essential oils or uh, uh, skin rubs or even food. For example, uh, slices of fruits, orange or uh, other, other refreshing um, substances, uh, teas. And, uh, and the procedure is uh, after 10 minutes is done and sometimes it's repeated three times. But this is what uh, the German sauna culture has kind of become to. This has become extremely popular. That's quite interesting because it's actually uh, taking it to a different level over there that you have some lots of different sensations. You have the sensation of viewing the, the Aufguss master. You have the sensation of different fragrances. And so that's quite very interesting. So actually, is it so that uh, people tend to go to 
because uh, they last only for 10 minutes that you might enjoy for a few times, but not only for once when you're in. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So uh, these kind of um, sauna uh, thermal baths and spas that you go to, usually they have multiple saunas. And uh, the, the one that my parents, for example, like to go to, they live in Hanover in Germany. Uh, this one has sauna landscape, it's called. And at this sauna landscape, there's 25 different saunas. So that means that every half an hour, there's a different outgoes in a different sauna. And so you can choose and pick which one you want to go to. So maybe at four o'clock, you want to go to the sound sauna where they have uh, singing bowls. Uh, or uh, the hour after that, you want to go into the banya where it's very, very hot. And then they have the the vita, like the, the birch branches, and they, they give you a good beating <laughs> um so like you can you can really choose where you want to go and yes like there is a schedule and this happens more frequent um the idea though of having somebody come to do an of course is um, a form of security in germany there's a lot of liability loss and so in these like spas and thermal baths they need to have uh the protection of the of the guests and so that is another reason why in germany this kind of developed into uh, having an Aufguss master, somebody that is trained in this, uh, who would perform this. So not everyone can do this, uh, and there's usually no bucket of water just uh, freely available, which is very unusual and like for Finnish people because they like to put the steam on yeah. themselves. How, how has this Aufguss um, uh, been, been appreciated here in, in Helsinki so far? Because you have been here now during this year. Have you noticed that... The, are there some of the of course performances or, or this kind of events going on here? I think I would say of course in Finland is still very unknown. Uh, the Finnish sauna um, society, uh, they, they might be aware of it, but uh, they're very uh, traditional in, in the ways of doing sauna. And uh, even the sauna culture here in Finland is, um, I'm not sure if it, it has been already declared, but I know that it's being nominated for a cultural heritage. Um, and so this very traditional sauna is very important in Finland. And I think a lot of people are very, they're unaware. They don't know that uh, other countries have kind of developed a different kind of sauna culture. Um, however, uh, I've been doing uh, Aufguss here by myself uh, and in my private sauna that can fit up to nine people. And so we've, we've had a couple of Finnish people visit uh, and they seem to, to enjoy it very much. Every, every Finn that I've exposed to Aufguss, they, they're intrigued because it's so different. Uh, and they they can appreciate it for being different. Very good. Now we have the, there's a popularity increasing uh, in the major cities of public saunas, and in in Helsinki we have a, a couple of them, and maybe more are coming, and also to other cities. So that could have been a, a, absolutely an opportunity to uh, advance this and enhance the the traditional sauna experience with course. Yeah, I think so. I think Elfkos has the potential on educating people on sauna. Just like myself, like when I was in pain and when I had back pain and uh, I needed to find a solution to, to get over these health ailments, uh, I needed a person like my mother in this case who takes me with them to a sauna and kind of teaches me on how to use a sauna. Um, because going to a sauna can be quite intimidating for people who have never done it before. Um, since in Finland, it's such a, 
traditional thing. Here, it's it's kind of assumed that oh yeah, everybody knows how how to do sauna. It's not complicated. But if you don't grow up with this uh, tradition, uh, it can be very intimidating, particularly when people are naked. Uh, when you have this, uh, when you come from a culture that is not as open with their body and body culture, uh, it can be uh, very frightening to go to a place where other people would be naked yeah. too. Um, so I think Elfkos has the potential of uh, showing benefits of sauna and uh, and for example, also the uh, aromatherapy aspects of it and the mental health aspect um, by making it a little bit less formal, less traditional uh, and more entertaining. And when you have the entertainment aspect, people tend to come back. And then maybe once they've experienced one or twice, uh, maybe then they would feel comfortable to do a sauna privately on their own or in a more traditional setting. Very good. All right, we have been now talking almost about half an hour about uh, saunas and the different the evolution of the saunas. So uh, why don't you share some of the top tips for to have a great sauna experience? <laughs> so here we go. Speaking of the educational aspect, yes. right? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, but this is exactly what we're talking about, right? The number, number one step on this, of course, is plan and expectation. Uh, you plan where you want to go, who you want to go with, and also learn about the place that you want to go. So, for example, if you go to a sauna office in Germany, to a sauna spa in Germany, uh, most of them are mixed gendered and usually they're complete nude. Um, you are not allowed to wear a bathing suit and um, the reasons for that is because of hygienical reasons. Uh, you also have to sit on a <laughs> towel. So there are certain expectations on how to behave. Uh, I think it's quite obvious that uh, staring <laughs> is not allowed and uh, making inappropriate uh, uh, comments, of course, not to. Um, but plan and understand what you are expecting uh, of this experience yourself. Are you going to the sauna because you want to have the health benefit? Are you going because you want it to be social and uh, have uh, an enjoyment with your friends? Uh, or are you going for the sauna office and you're looking for the, the experience, the entertainment aspect of it? When, and then I guess we can go right next to the next step, which is the remember to drink. When you're in the sauna, you lose a lot of sweat. That's kind of the point. Uh, but that also means that you need to keep hydrate yourself. <laughs> and the same goes with eating a little bit. Because if you don't eat, then um, you might have the risk of, uh, of um, well, uh, overstimulating your body uh, and feeling faint. And we don't want to feel faint in the sauna. Everybody knows the body the best, so they have to take care of their body's needs as well. So remember to drink and to eat a little bit before. Um, then when we're talking about hygiene, again, always wash before going to the sauna. You're not the only one that's sweating in there. Uh, here in Finland, most people I've encountered do wear their bathing suit, but they always take a shower before and after each sauna going. Um, then we have the sauna courtesy. Just as I said, uh, staring is usually frowned upon. Uh, you are sharing a very tight and intimate space with other people. So, of course, you have to be uh, acknowledgeable to like the others and you have to be, uh, be behave in a manner that you would want to be there as well. And, um, and then I guess the next one would be how long uh, would you stay in the sauna? 
And really, there is no correct answer to this. I would say uh, the only appropriate answer is how long you want it to be. Going to a sauna is not a competition. You should not try to make a contest on who can stay longer, who can endure the heat longer. Uh, but instead, you should listen to your own body and see when it feels right to leave uh, and when you have to go. And even when we do an Elfco's performance, let's say it's, it's 10 minutes long, it's very specific time. But if you feel like you don't feel good and you need to leave, then please do. You have to. You have to listen to your own body. And that goes the same way with the next thing. What if you can't stand a sauna? Well, there's different ways. Uh, of course, if the heat is simply too much and you feel uncomfortable, then you have to ex exit. Like, and there's no shame of it. Uh, this is not a competition. But then uh, there are also other ways. For example, when I started going to the sauna, I always felt very uncomfortable with the heat that was on my head. Uh, and so what I, was, what I started doing was I was wearing a sauna hat. That's usually a felted kind of hat that you can put on your on your head, uh, and uh, it protects my head from overheating. And I can use it as a shield for my face, uh, so I can, if it gets really too hot, I can kind of pull it in front of my eyes and protect my eyes and nose and my forehead. And that's been really helpful to me. Um, but there are other ways of um, how you can uh, protect yourself if if it's too hot. Um, you can also bring some water inside um, into the sauna if you want to take a, a sip of water. However, you should be aware that it should be room temperature or even a warmer drink, not an ice cold chilled drink, because that uh, can upset your stomach. Imagine if your body is trying to struggle to with the heat and it's sweating and then you, you digest something very cold, then your body has to work twice as hard. So you have to be careful with very cold drinks or beverages like ice cream, for example. Um, the cool off and the getting chilled part after the sauna is part of the benefit of the health, the health benefits that you can achieve with the sauna going. Um, when you cool off, you get this beautiful energizing sensation on your skin and it's really refreshing and kind of waking you up. And uh, it, I think to me, it's, maybe even the most fun part of going to a sauna when you cool off. What do you think, Sam Eric? Is it, what do you think yeah, of cooling I, I, off? I think uh, my, my favorite experience has, has been actually one is the, uh, in, the, in the summer with long, long uh, summer, summer nights to enjoy the sauna where it's a little bit uh, cooler and then to just after the sauna sit outside and just kind of enjoy the, the silence and enjoy the, the atmosphere. But what but, uh, but I have really enjoyed, I mean, that, the, has been the, the winter sauna where it's been cold enough that you you put uh, uh, you go out and you don't feel cold but be, even though it's minus degree mm. you put wool socks on your feet and you uh, go through the <laughs> snow until you get to the ice and you dip yourself into that water which is mostly most of the time maybe four plus four degrees and you don't freeze but the danger is that if you stay too long then you will start to freeze so it mean that whole whole sensation how your body will uh, react to it. I mean, that gives your the blood is flowing and you feel much uh, refreshed and so on. So those are my my favorite experiences I had with the sauna. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's also important to not uh, chill too long. As you were saying, there's a danger in like freezing or 
extending the period of time that you're exposed to the cold for too long. And then that's, of course, not good either. But again, it goes back to you really have to listen to your body uh, and, yeah, do what your body tells you to good. do. Good. I think we covered the most uh, important uh, tips. So thank you very much, Jana, for this. And I think this will now we'll finish off our uh, segment about uh, sauna. But uh, more importantly, if people want to find out, find out more about saunas and like to contact you, where should they uh, look for you? Absolutely. You can uh, find me on my own private website. It's uh, janakaiser.com. You can, uh, there's my contact information there, and I'm always happy to answer any questions about sauna or German Elfguss for that matter. Very good. Well, thank you very much for your time, and uh, look forward to hearing more about your Elfguss experiences in the future. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us this week on the Social Hotelier Show. Make sure to visit our website, b8bhospitality.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes or Spotify, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we appreciate rating on iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.